Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Brittany. So I think our listeners probably know that we are not fans of collectivism. Yeah, no, not really. (laughs) Not really, no. And I think it's because, you know, it's an ideology that places the needs and wants of a group over those of an individual, which is, you know, the complete opposite of individualism. It's the opposite of everything that we try to teach here. So not not too fond of that. And, you know, if you look at history, which uh, aren't you, did you tell me you're a big history buff or did you say science or both? Um, I'm more of a math. I know some history at some time periods, but not. And whole, on the whole, no. Okay. I like history, but I don't get to do enough of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I should. But the scariest governments, if you look at history, uh, with the worst abuses against people have all been this result of what I call groupthink or what people call groupthink, which is people thinking in terms of a group, right, not, not as an individual. So, I mean, we have socialism, we have communism, Nazi Germany, you know, China's current situation. These, these are all examples of what happens when we treat people as a group and it doesn't end well. You know, spoiler alert, it never ends well. So one theme throughout all of our episodes, though, is this strong belief that communities are a big part of living in a free society. But wait, isn't isn't community just just another group, right? Like, why is this different than the collectivism that we speak out against so much? So uh, I'm so glad you asked. And by you, I mean me. (laughs) I was actually thinking it. So you're right. I think we really care a lot about our communities. So I think it's important to figure out the difference. I read Ronnie's mind, basically. <laughs> I'm very talented. So I want to answer the question today, is community just another form of collectivism? And as I love to do, Ronnie, putting you on the spot again, what do you think – actually, I don't like the way I'm going to word that. What What does community mean to you? Um, I think – well, community is – you know, immediately I think of my neighbors, but community mm-hmm. – Everyone that you interact with, that you see in person, or I guess you can have community that are online communities, but it's just people that you engage with and interact with and make up part of your own small world. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect. Um, I don't think I could even add anything to that. Uh, communities are, they're just so important because we can't avoid living around people. You know, I, I know some pretty extreme individualists who've like gone into the woods and tried to live by themselves. And it's just one, it sounds really lonely too. Yeah. You know, part of the reason the free market works is because, you know, Ronnie, if you grow tomatoes and I have honey and you have like, you know, we all have these different skills and we can trade with each other. Or, you know, if you were a doctor and I was, I don't know, something else. <laughs> if I was a painter and you were a doctor and I needed medical service and you needed your house to look pretty, you know, we could we could have that division of labor. So nobody really wants to, and some people do want to live alone, but you kind of can't avoid Well, I think also humans are social creatures and I think Mm -hmm. that's part of us. And so I don't think we have to, you know, deny that part of ourselves because yeah, communities are, they still make up our lives and they are still important. And, uh, and yeah, we need to socialize. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So like, well, let's talk about some examples of community. You know, you have the most obvious one that you mentioned, Ronnie, which is family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a community. You have your neighbors. You also said that. Um, You also have, you know, if you guys go to church, then your church, uh, that's a big community. Um, Or maybe, you know, your family does homeschool co-ops or these like homeschool pods as they were being called for a little bit. You know, could be your school community. If you go to a school, you know, maybe you play soccer. It could be your soccer team or, or any other sport. 
But there's one key factor of these communities that is different than the groups in collectivist governments. And this is going to be like the main thing that makes it different. And that is that it's voluntary, right? Mm-hmm. You you get to choose what house you live in. So your neighbors become the community that you choose. Some people like to get the neighborhood before they even move into a house, right? Because they yeah. want to see if that's a community. Do you ever do that? You're more, I was going to say, I think we're kind of the same age, about the same age, but you're definitely more of an adult than I am. Did you, do you look <laughs> at neighborhoods and neighbors first before you move in somewhere? I would have, except when we moved into this house, we were moving across state lines. Mm. So we did not have the ability to stake out the neighborhood as much as I otherwise would have liked. But I think if I was moving more locally, then absolutely I would know which neighborhood I wanted to move to. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a, the smart thing to do, right? But um, so, so yeah, people do that because it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get along with all your neighbors. I think there's always going to be spats, but there's also spats in any community you're in. Just ask any siblings, right? <laughs> They're always going to bicker or do oh something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you know this, Ronnie. But, um, you know, it does mean you have an incentive to get along, which I like, right? Because you're all living in the same place. You all have to to work together in, in some aspect. So I think that's really important. And that's the same with other communities. I think the only one that I mentioned that you don't really choose is your family. <laughs> I mean, that's a big difference because one, yeah. you love them and you are stuck with them. So, yeah. so better learn to love that. But communities are important. Because, you know, again, they're a part of the world uh, where, where we actually can live independently without government. I One of my favorite things to write about, and I think I've probably done a bajillion episodes on here about that, is that without communities, we really can't make an argument that we can live without government. I don't think it's possible because think about it. So you have the county, you have your state, you have the federal government especially, and they're so far removed from us, right? Somebody living in Washington, D.C. doesn't really know what Ronnie and her family need. They don't, they don't know because they're too far removed. So they don't know this, the needs of, you know, each small community. But that doesn't stop them, of course, from thinking that they do know what's best, right? And they'll try to pass these these laws. And what do they do? They create like a welfare state and they give all these, you know, tons of money to helping people, you know, there's food stamps, which help people get food if they can't afford food or, or free health care, whatever it is. That's what they do because that's the only thing they know how to do. They know how to take our money and to create these big uh, programs. But that's not how it's always been. There used to be different ways. And that was, you know, before the welfare state got so big, communities helped each other out. And that's, it's a time I wish I could go back to. And I don't want to say it doesn't still exist because I definitely live in communities where even my friend groups where, you know, if one of us needs help, the other, the other is there. There's somebody there. So Today, again, some people don't know their neighbors. They don't even know who lives next door to them or know who, you know, what they need or what their life is. But back in the day when everyone did, they were able to help each other out. You know, if, if somebody lost their job, the the neighborhood might get together and, you know, collect some food for them or, or help them in whatever way that they needed, maybe help them find a job. My friend Max Borders, he we had him on the show before, and he writes books about the importance of community. And he talked about his grandfather's town a long time ago in, in North Carolina. And there was – I can't remember what the word was. They had like these celebrations, not celebrations. But barn when, raising? Yeah, yeah, was that, yeah raising? that is what it's called. How did you know that? Oh, I is used to a common watch, thing? I, well, I used to watch like musicals like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers or I don't know. like, And they would always, you know, do the barn raising. It was a bet. I don't know. I'm so glad you knew that because I know I'm a big I'm a singer I'm a musical theater fan but I that's the one my school did that I wasn't in it but senior year so that's funny I'm so glad you knew that yes barn raising 
that right? Barn racing. So that's when like if somebody's barn would burn down or get or needed to be fixed, the whole town would come together and they would like fix it, but it would be like almost like a party. Like you'd make yeah. it fun, right? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think it is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, isn't it? That movie or musical that they go to the barn raising and that's where the um, or else I'm thinking of a different one. But yeah, it's because they needed all the men to be able to push up the sides of the barn. Oh. So they have to get them all together. So that's why they turned it into a party. That's so funny. But yeah, I barely remember. Again, I saw that play once and it was in high school. And I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was for me because I don't want to feel bad about me being old. <laughs> so, you know, today a lot of – one way that I think community is really still seen in our society is churches. That Churches are really good at filling that role. And the religion I grew up in, we had our own welfare system. So if you needed help, like there were people – we had like farms and stuff where people could give you food. Like there was – you know, you could go to this little store and, and they could help you out and help you find a job until you got back on your feet. So I really love that. I love that there are still community people pitching together. So churches fill that role and that's great. Um, you know, but since the government has created such a big welfare state, uh, that's made people less community driven. Because think about it. If I think, Ronnie, that my neighbor is going to be taken care of by government, why I don't, you know, why should I get to know my neighbor? Why should I yeah. help if, you know, they're going to take my money anyway and they're going to help my neighbor? Why, why would I do that twice? And so it's almost like the government's big welfare state is incentivizing people not to get to know yeah. their communities, not to help out each other. And that's really sad. So people just assume the government's going to take care of everybody else, you know, and, and so we've we've stopped these communities where we all pitch in and we all help each other. And that to me, again, is just so sad. So if we relied more on communities, we wouldn't need such a big welfare state and maybe we'd get to keep, you know, some of our hard-earned money that they keep taking from us. So another thing my friend Max wrote about in one of his books was about his grandfather's dental practice and I really love this story. So his grandpa was a well-known dentist in his small community for, you know, years and years and years. And when someone couldn't pay, he offered his services for free or for a very small payment. Or I think he even accepted like trades for it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and basically it wasn't – because there's a lot of pride. You know, people want to be able to pay for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it was just like he wouldn't ever send a bill. Like he wouldn't ever act like it was an act of charity. But he made sure the people in his community that needed – you know, dental care, got what they needed without having to worry about it. And that I just love because that's, you know, that's the kind of society I wish we we still lived in. And I think that we still do a little bit, right? I do think that there are still traces of that in our communities today. Like I said, in my friend group, even we do that. You know, I, I know that if something happened, I'd, I'd be taken care of. Churches are another great, you know, little community. I don't know. Do you have any communities other than the ones I mentioned, Ronnie, that you and your family? Well, I, have it, I have at different times. Actually, one of my favorite communities as far as helping is when my kids were very young. This is when I lived in California. There was a mom's group, a mom's organization, and we didn't just get together for play dates, which we did do that, but we it was a little more organized. We had different we divided our kids in different age ranges. And so we had the parents of those age range kids all play on certain days of the week. So everyone knew we did things like we had, Oh, there was a babysitting co-op, which was the most amazing oh, that's thing really cool. ever. And so we would swap off, watch each other's kids that we already all knew each other and our kids knew each other. So we would swap off babysitting for points and we had a point system. So that's we just so traded. Fun. It was really the best because a lot of us, you know, when you have young kids, you don't always have the ability to, pay for babysitters uh, or you don't know babysitters or who you can trust. And so we just, 
you know, it was free because we all, well, it was free in that we treated each other's labor and babysitting, but it was a really great uh, community. And I wish I had that mom community where I live now, actually. That is, yeah, that's really, really cool. I love that. And now I think about it, that was similar growing up in a in a religious community is there was always like, I made so much money because I would babysit, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, that's really great. Thank you for sharing that. So, all right. So this is, you know, this is the, the kind of life I think we should get back to or the kind of society, because I think that if we let people help more, then we wouldn't need, you know, the government so much. And it, what's really sad is the government sometimes punishes people for trying to help without them. There was a guy who was giving haircuts to homeless people for free a couple years ago, and he didn't have a license to give them haircuts. And so the what? government was fining him and like threatening to arrest him. It's like, wait a second. We used That's to be able crazy. to help people, isn't it? And they do that with churches, churches who try to um, let the homeless sleep, like house the homeless. They'll yell at them for not having a permit to let people like stay overnight. It's so silly it's like the government wants us to be dependent on them so Mm. yeah crazy Mm. so in closing you know communities are groups they are groups uh but they they aren't using force like like collectivism you know collectivism is is this forced thing where you all have to do what the group wants without any input and it's funded through this theft and it pretends to know the needs and wants of everybody but it just it can't it's too far removed so communities, collectivism, I can see how they might be confused because they both involve a group, but very different. And in my opinion, and I think Ronnie would agree, these we need strong communities again for us to be in a in a position where we can be a more free society. So we'll end it, it just there. It has to be voluntary. That's the big it, point. Yes. Yes. Has to be voluntary. That is the biggest, biggest aspect. Thank you for mentioning that. All right, guys, we'll end it there and we will talk to you soon. Please don't forget to, you know, like and subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. And Ronnie, until next time, I will talk to you later. All right. See you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.